All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of the Football Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Corey, joined as always by Jared. Uh, Jared, early signing days in the books. We've had a couple uh, a couple bowl games, uh, and I'm getting murdered at work. Yeah, uh, this is the first time in a while that I am not getting murdered at work. Uh, yeah, bowl games, uh, they're off and going. It's, uh, I mean, of course, we're, we're early in the, the bowl season. We've only played 11 games, so it's it's generally n- nothing to look forward to. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to tonight's game because it's uh, UTSA versus San Diego State. So I'm rooting for meet meet. Um, other than that, though, not a lot, not a lot going on. Uh, as far as just games being played, what is going on this crazy though? Early signing day, this recruiting period, NIL, transfer portal. It's just uh, Texas A&M top class in college football. Did they beat Bama from last year? Bama's class total. Yep, they beat Bama's class total from last year. They're number one this year. Uh, Georgia went into the weekend number one, and by the time it finished, they're number three. They potentially have two more five stars that still haven't. Yet. Who's that? Texas A&M. Yep, they still got Harold Perkins, the linebacker. Yeah, and Shamar Stewart, another defensive lineman. Yeah, they we sent, they sent three of the top ten tight ends in college football this season. Uh, yeah, the only one they didn't get was uh, the one Georgia got. Yeah, uh, Oscar Delp. Everybody else went to Texas A&M. So I agree with you. I am interested to see now that NIL is a thing and what Quinn Ewers did. How many of these top guys go somewhere, sign a deal, get paid, leave? I don't think Texas A&M holds on to all these guys. There's um, no way. There's, there's no, no way. way. There's just no way. I mean, I don't think UGA. Him and Georgia maybe just because the <clears throat> tradition of winning is there. But, I mean, A&M, they haven't won anything yet. It's not like these guys are going to a team that just played the playoff or just won a national championship. Their best season was COVID when they went 9-1. and one. I mean, they beat Bama this year and went eight and four. <laughs> yeah, they lost to LSU. It LSU does. was not good. Yeah, I just don't think. Uh, I personally don't think that Jimbo is that great of a recruiter. He's not bad, but I, I think what you said is true. I think they they paid. I mean, they they're paying. Bought their class. Jimbo was joking about it on Bible. Yeah, he I basically mean, said like this has been going on forever. Now we can just do it legally. I mean, it's true. To a, it's true. There's not wrong. I mean, maybe Jeremy Pruitt missed the memo. You can't just be handing cash out in two McDonald's bags. <laughs> but two years too early. If he had waited two years, yeah, sure, you can do that. <laughs> you can do it now. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, in what Lane Kiffin said, I think I sent you a video talking about it. I mean, what he said is not um, like him just bringing it out in the open and everybody's just kind of being like, Oh, Lane Kiffin's calling out the NIL deals and calling college football dirty and all that. No, no, no. It has been going on in some shape or form for a long time. It is now just out in the open. But what he was doing is basically telling the old Miss alum, like, guys, yeah. yeah, get your pocketbooks ready or we're not well, going to compete. I think, I think what you'll start to see is two kind of like mindsets. You'll have the A&M's, the Bama's, the Georgia's that they'll spend, they'll spend whatever they have to spend to get these top five classes, you'll have other schools like Michigan State started to do last year. Just play the portal. Sign like 10 to 15 freshmen and just make the rest transfers. Because the transfer portal is stocked with players. Oh, yeah. It is wild the amount of players that are are still out there and are still yet. I mean, you have no idea what's going to happen in the coming weeks when these bowls finish up and especially the playoffs. Well, I mean, even going after the spring semester. Yeah. I mean, like, after spring practice, like. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be guys. I mean, it's just, it's going to be chaos this offseason. As of December 21st, 2021, no one has declared that they're going to transfer out of Georgia yet. I will be so curious to see when Georgia loses or. Their seasons are like if they beat Michigan and win the national championship, how many transfers they're going to have at the end of the season? Because there's no way around it. There's a lot of talent that's just riding the bench at Georgia, 
in certain positions. So people are going to leave. And that's happening across the board and brings us back to Texas A&M. They've got this insane defensive line class that there's no way you're going to be able to play all these guys. They're going to leave. That's just the way I see it. I mean, you got to – I don't know, man. They could just keep throwing money and get get them all to stay. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, in Georgia, I guess you could argue is in the same boat, but it's a little bit different because it appears with what Napier's doing at Florida already, Georgia's obviously going to start competing for Florida as far as recruiting. We haven't done that for five, six years. Ever since Mullen arrived, we have recruited at will in Florida. Well, if you look at the top five, so Texas A&M is number one, then Bama, then Georgia, then Ohio State, and Texas. And there's a huge drop-off. Three of the five do not look abnormal at all for your traditional top five recruiter rankings. Yeah, and Texas I'm assuming. Yeah, they, they, get them every, they get in the top five every once in a while. Texas, I mean, they're usually in the top ten, but Texas went like four and eight this year, five and seven. Like, yeah. A terrible year. I mean, it's it's plain as day that Texas A&M, Texas, the reason they have get, have had good recruiting years is because they're just flat out paying yeah, and the transfer of Quentin Ewers to back to Texas, I'm sure, did nothing but help Texas's cause. Well, think about it this way: every Texas student athlete gets a base salary of 100 grand a year. Yeah, and then if you're an offensive lineman, you get another 50 grand on top of that. <laughs> Just being an offensive lineman at the University of Texas, you make 150 grand a year at 18 or 19 years old. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, no, don't. I mean, I, I will say this. Being a student athlete is hard. It is so hard, and especially in football. And plus the expectations of some of these universities. I mean, I can't imagine what it must be like. But it is also insane how much money is just going around to some of these kids. I mean, <laughs> I mean honestly, we're never we never know the exact figures for any of this stuff. Um, no, no, I did hear as early as the summer that you could expect Texas A&M to go all in to sign as good of a class as they possibly can because they feel like their clock's running out as soon as Texas joins the SEC. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the class they signed is just insane. Yeah, and I feel like, now I did hear this going back a couple of years. Apparently, Georgia has been anticipating something in this realm happening. Maybe not just the Wild West that it is. But apparently the reason Georgia has not spent money at all until Kirby Smart got here partially was to just load up the coffers as much as possible. And, I mean, I feel like you can see it. I mean, even with last year and this year, like... Well, I knew even before, like, in NIL stuff, that y'all had, like, the biggest recruiting budget out of all the SEC schools. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why the Georgia-Florida game will always be in Jacksonville. Uh, our, our recruiting budget is paid for by that one game. Now, I know that it's probably budgeted and there's money going places. I mean, but that we get $4.5 million, and so does Florida, just to play in Jacksonville. And our budget's like 3.7. So, I mean. <laughs> and I want to be clear about something. I don't blame the schools. I don't blame the players. I don't blame the coaches. I, I blame the NCAA. You had all the time in the world to get in front of this, and you sat on your hands and did nothing until you were forced to do something, and then you have no rules in place, so it just becomes the wild wet. It becomes free agency without a salary cap. Yeah, and people, uh, and you know, the average person, the average football fan that's maybe not as deep as we are in it, does not understand how a Travis Hunter goes to Jack State. Well, they, they don't know the entire lead-up of this NIL stuff. They just know that it just showed up out of nowhere. Like They've heard yep. people talk about it, but now it's actually real. I mean, this has been like ongoing litigation for like three or four years now. Like Everybody saw this coming. Like It was going to happen sooner or later. Yep. The NCAA just chose to do nothing. Yep, and your top 10 schools and your recruiting, I mean, you can just, I mean, and probably even your top 20 could say have been preparing for this scenario. No, no. Every school... I mean, they've got the money, though. And what I'm well, saying is... is spending it on buyouts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. But I guess my point being in all this is that the NCAA, like what you were saying, did nothing. And now it is uncontrolled chaos. And we're going to see it at least 
into next year. I don't know Dude, if the slowest individual... NCAA moves, it may be five years before we see it. Well, what I'm starting to wonder if someone like the SEC, with as much power and money as they have, if they don't implement something on their own. Um, the SEC doesn't care. They're not going to do anything that pushes recruits to another conference. Hell no. The SEC could care less. As long as an SEC team, preferably Alabama, is winning a national championship every single year, they could care less. But what I'm saying is is that this SEC does something that like makes sure that these schools are getting enough money to bring in the top prospects, which they don't really have to. Yeah, their TV contracts. I was gonna say there's so much money. The NCAA is toothless. They can't. There's nothing they can do now. I mean, like you said, it's gonna take too long. And by the time that they're able to do anything, I mean, you're gonna have to. College football is dead. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, I mean, pretty much is. If you don't have the money to spend. It's over for you. Yeah, I mean it really is. And until something is done to regulate it, which I don't, I don't know what can be done now. I mean, no, I mean, who respects the NCAA at this point? Well, what's going to be funny to see is schools like LSU that still have ongoing investigations regarding paying players from previous years. Like, what that, do you do? Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, that would be the equivalent of, like, you being on the hook for, like, 10 years for transporting marijuana or some shit. And then they make it legal. And then they make it legal. Like, are they going to continue to prosecute you or what? I mean, because... <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, we're going after these schools. I mean, <clears throat> like, what do you do with Tennessee? What do you do with LSU? LSU? I mean, what we'll do you do? on an FBI wiretap talking about a damn strong <laughs> offer. Damn. <laughs> I mean, he, he never says it's he never says a money amount, but yeah. he's on a federal wiretap saying it was a damn strong offer. I mean, it's wild, man. I I never imagined it would be like this when I when I heard that they were going to start paying players because I I played college football. I was like, you know what? That's cool. That's a great idea because. When you're a college athlete, you have no time to have a job. You are either going to school, right. going to practice, going to weight training, going to film study, going to study hall, 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. I mean, that was my experience for two years, and it was awful. As someone who didn't play college sports, I was 100% on board with this, um, but I don't think I didn't realize it was going to be this well that's what i'm saying like i was gonna be like players being able to do like autograph signings and a new ncaa football game that's all i really care about yeah that's what i thought it's like okay it's turning into free cars and hundred thousand dollar deals and just like i mean what is going on well here's here's a great way to look at it look at the spencer rattlers and the dj ungalaleles who signed six and seven figure deals and didn't play half the year. Terrible. And yeah, Spencer Rattlers of South Carolina. DJ is on a sinking ship. It would appear. <laughs> Bro, the rats are fleeing from that ship. Dude, Clemson is in trouble. And what's Dabo do? Just hire from within, baby. Keep Just, it in the family. Dabo. Dabo literally is the definition of someone from a bygone era. Like he, he, maybe it works out. We can't, we can't bash him until we see the results on the field, right? I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I just don't see how you're going to be able to keep bringing in. I mean, their recruiting class is nowhere in the stratosphere of the top ten right now, and they recruited like they normally do. And where are they? I don't know, dude. Twenty four. They're twenty fourth. They're twenty fourth. This year, I think last year they were top five. LSU's nineteen. LSU's ahead of. They were number five last year. LSU was three, but the difference is y'all are going back in the other direction. Clemson is just doing more of the Clemson stuff. Like they're, they don't 
Dabo doesn't want to use the transfer portal, even though he's saying he's going to. He doesn't want to use it. Like the longest time you heard that Clemson was like paying these players, like they were funneling money through church to get it to the players, and now it's the era of just give it, give, just give the money to the players. They're not doing so hot. Yeah, and the thing is, like you listen to any college, any other college football podcast that ends up talking about this same stuff, Dabo and Clemson get brought up as like. Davo's a young guy. I mean, what is he? He's not 50 yet, is he? Or is he? I mean, if he is, he's... He's probably close. I'll look it up. I mean, he's not that old. He's got... Basically, what I'm saying, he's got a long coaching future in college football ahead of him with all the success he's had at Clemson. He's 52. He's 52. Okay. There is a term that was known as Clemsoning forever. And then Dabo, a wide receiver coach who gets hired as the interim, takes over and turns this program around. And in his tenure, they've won two national titles. Yeah. And, I mean, now now you got 12 recruits for this season. You're 24th, and you've got people leaving left and right. I just don't see how they're going to be able to compete. I don't see how they're going to be able to do it. We well, you know who put, uh, was the first like turnaround of the whole Clemson thing, right? Mm-mm. They beat LSU in a bowl game with Taj Boyd, and then that's when they kind of like actually started becoming good. Wow. Well, I will say this: they did recruit a solid quarterback. Uh, yeah, the quarterback's going to be good. He's um, the he's the number one quarterback in this class. And he's the number six in the entire, or he's number 18 nationally. So it's not anywhere near like what Trevor Lawrence was or uh, some of the other guys that they've had. I mean, he's not even close to DJ. Greatest prospect in recruiting history. Uh, It's so weird when they say that because Trevor Lawrence, Quentin Ewers, and Vince Young all have the same grade. Yeah. But. Well, Vince, Vince is a stud. Well, Vince, I would say it because he is—he was a just straight athlete. He was like the quintessential. That was a big dude athlete. who could move, and he could throw. The college level, arm. yeah, and he had Roy Williams to throw to. It's great times. No doubt, dude. Uh, so I guess it kind of wraps up all the early signing day stuff. That's transfer portal news. Miles Brennan has announced that he's pulling his name out of the transfer portal. Um, and it appears he's going to be our starting quarterback next year. Well, keep that man away from any fishing docks, but how do you feel about him coming back? Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Next year, LSU's probably not going to be very good. I'm pretty realistic about that. I don't expect a lot out of LSU next year, but I would love for Miles Brennan to go like 8-4. I think that's totally It's possible. It's possible. That's I in the realm of possibility. I don't expect you or really even 9-3, but 7-4, 8-5, I can see that. Well, who do you think you lose to next year? I mean, I if oh, I, I, I blame him, obviously um, Texas A and M probably. You think you'll lose to Texas A and M? It's at A and M. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Weird stuff always happens in that weird place with those weird people. <laughs> um, so I don't think it's been that Ole Miss. We probably won't win. Uh, I don't know, man. No, I think beat Ole Miss. I think y'all beat Ole Miss next year. I don't think they're gonna have. They're losing a lot. They're losing a lot next year, of my power. Hopes, my expectations are very low next year. Well, here's the thing. All your star-studded players left, and all your, like, <laughs> backups of backups started playing, and y'all started winning some games, man. Like, those guys wanted to play. Those guys are coming back. Well, so, it's funny. Okay, so this is just a quick story. So, there was a video that was going around during the summer of a Texas A&M coach telling parents that he thought Texas A&M could beat LSU with their third string. Well, then LSU actually goes out and beats Texas A&M with their third string. <laughs> oh, my God. We're playing, we're playing walk-ons and transfers from FCS schools. And they, they, I mean, they look good. Hey, they look you, good. You'll love to see it. Uh, Max Johnson transfers to A&M. I, Man, good I, luck. I don't, I don't understand it. They brought in a five-star freshman, Dad Hanks King, who's going to be the starter this year. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but maybe he's the starter. I don't know. Hey, where did Calzada go? Did he go to Ole Miss? I don't think he's announced yet. For some reason, I thought it was that he went to Ole Miss, but Calzada's leaving, and I think that guy proved he can play. He could definitely play somewhere. 
if Spencer Rattler can start at South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He hasn't actually transferred anywhere yet, but it sounds like he's going to go to Pitt. Oh, really? Now, that's that's too like a good move. That does actually sound like a good move. That's a good way to get in the NFL, that's for sure. Uh, and another LSU player, Portal News, Eli Ricks transfers to Bama. Um, this is also kind of the dark side of NIL stuff. Supposedly, as soon as Eli Ricks got hurt, he had NIL agents from both Bama and Texas A&M hitting him up in the DMs. Like trying to get him to transfer. Yeah. Nope. That's literally tampering. But cool. Yeah. Well, you know that's if that's happening out in the open with Eli Ricks, you know it's happening everywhere. I bet JT. Keishon Booty's going through right now. The smoke around Keishon Booty is he does not want to leave LSU, but he can't turn down the money these other schools are offering. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's and that's something too that not a lot of people are talking about. People forget that these are human beings. These are kids that. You know why they're so good at football? It's because they grew up in a hard-ass life in a not-great place. Hey, you know who made a lot of terrible decisions as an 18-year-old? Me. Uh, all of us? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone but Mark Zuckerberg, apparently. Nah, he doesn't count. He's a robot. <laughs> He's not real. Uh, yeah, man, it's... Like, that's... This also isn't what I signed up for with NIL. Like, this is not something I expected. Um, I guess... Kind of see it coming, but there's just it's not just so much that it's happening, it's the fact that everyone's like so blatant about it and just laughing. Yeah, I mean, well, it's like you said with the two guys from your team, Butte and Ricks. You know, you know that players like, well, for Georgia, JT Daniels, you know, his phone's just blowing up, people trying to get this kid money. And I don't, I mean, just in that whole situation, I don't understand why he hadn't left the team already. Um, oh, who JT? Maybe he's hoping he gets a chance to show in the show off in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. But uh, if Georgia loses to Michigan, I think he's gone. If he, oh, for sure. They, I think he, if, you know, unless he wins the national championship as the start quarterback, I think he's gone. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, do you think Quinn Years actually got four million dollars to go to Texas? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. That's, I wouldn't even a rumored number. $4 million. I, I mean, any if you put something over $10 million, I would probably be like, oh my God, are you serious? But like, I know $4 million is a ton of money. I've never, I'm never going to know what that looks like. But yeah, yeah, I bet he did. Going to Texas. I mean, for, the University for of Texas. an 18 year old quarterback who's never played a snap. <clears throat> and so, and he's he's made. He, by Quinn Ewers. he commits Texas and then decommits, then leaves high school early to go to Ohio State to get a paycheck. And now mm-hmm. he's just going to come back to Texas like he was supposed to all along. Yep. Just yep. Like, I mean, and technically, he's got four years of eligibility left. Yeah. He didn't. Like two snaps. Yeah, he didn't play it hardly at all. So he's going to come back and end up being, if he plays well, he'll be a Texas legend. If not, he's a millionaire. I mean. <laughs> Either way, he's pretty set. And, and from what I understand, he got a seven-figure deal when he went. He got over a million dollars the uh, state. Dude, dude, I mean, so in, what? For two snaps of football, he has made reportedly six to seven million dollars. And he's 19 years old. No, Jerry, he's probably, he's probably still 18. Oh, that's right. He is. He is. Uh, well, he, he could be 19, but either way, the dude can't drink legally. He's still 18. He's, he was born on March 15, 2003. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, dude, wow. Have you ever, have you ever, you've seen like the highlight videos and stuff, right? I, I know the mullet. Have you ever seen how he throws? Uh-uh. It's like 45 degree angle, it's weird. But I mean, that ball flies out of his hand, don't get me wrong. Well, everybody raves about him. So. <laughs> He's just got a weird throw motion. Um... Dylan Gabriel to UCLA, kind of a shocker. Didn't really see this one coming. It makes sense. I mean, he's probably going to do well there. I guess Chip Kelly's offense, maybe. I mean, yeah, Kelly's still there, so I mean, I think he's got a good skill set for it. I mean, you could at home because he's from like Hawaii, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. You could argue that UCLA would have been a much stronger team had their quarterback been better. 
And Dylan Gabriel's an answer to that. Yeah, DTR was like great value, uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, but he couldn't complete the really tough passes. Now, granted, UCLA didn't have a lot of receiver talent. They've got a great D-line still. Yeah. Those guys are young. But part of the reason why the the quarterback they had did so well, their offensive line was (laughs) god-awful. He ran for his life a lot. I really agree well against LSU. Well, that was the second game of the season. Well, their second game of the season, our first. Yeah. We have an open state next year. Um, Spencer Rattler to South Carolina, like we talked about earlier. Uh, Shane Beamer, man, putting in work. Yeah, I heard all sorts of rumors about him getting big-time offers at USC, um, going back to Virginia Tech, uh, Miami. Tennessee was one because apparently Josh Heupel was leaving. Oklahoma was another. He stays at South Carolina and then pulls in a five-star quarterback. They suddenly become a lot better. I know Spencer Rattler didn't do well at, at Oklahoma, but South Carolina just became a lot better. In Steve one Spurrier, pack. South Carolina was one of my favorite teams. I am a thousand percent for a fun South Carolina team again. I, you know what, man? It's been a long time Dude. since anybody's been dangerous in the East outside of Georgia. I mean, it's the time. last team, the last East team to beat Alabama was the Stephen Garcia-led uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. That is wild. That is insane. That was like twenty years ago. Has it been that long? No, it's no. The Spurrier's it's first really year. Been twenty years. It's been like uh, probably ten or so. I mean, it it could be damn near 20. It could be like 15 plus. Because, I mean, I was in high school, I think, when Spurrier took over that job. Steve Garcia was the man. I love Steve Garcia. Uh, Great times. (laughs) Um, He played played 2008 to 2011. Wow. I guess... I guess 2010? Yeah, I think 2010 is when they beat him. And Spurrier was a head coach at Georgia or at South Carolina from 05 to 2015. Good lord, I didn't realize he had a 10-year stint at South He's Carolina. Decade, man. The legend. He probably is the probably the best head coaches. One of the most legendary lines I've ever heard Steve Spurrier say is the last time he played Georgia, we beat the crap out of him. And he said, our lineman couldn't block, our defense couldn't tackle, our quarterback couldn't throw, our wide receivers couldn't catch. He goes, but our punter was pretty good. <laughs> oh, that was one of the greatest things I ever heard him say. And, like, they asked him another question. He just walked off. And okay. I, think he, I think he retired, like, halfway through that season. He was just like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I don't like this anymore. Uh, Bo next to Oregon. This was – this one kind of – uh, yeah, what I mean, this is a Bo Nix move, in my opinion. Like, but it's not so much that he's going specifically to Oregon; it's the fact that he's going to a school with a head coach who's still at his old school. Yeah, yeah, I like who talked him into Oregon. Yeah, I, I don't or he's know. He's just like, you know what? I'm going I'm taking my talents to Eugene. Yeah, I mean, Dan Lanning. It's a it's a good gift for Dan Lanning. I mean, it's a great it's huge for him. But I'm just like. He's not even an offensive coach. He's a defensive guy. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. And I just don't know if Bo Nix is going to translate in the Pac-12. Maybe he does. I don't know. Dude, he beat Oregon his first game. I mean, you know what? Maybe this is the secret that Oregon's been missing all this time. They just need Bo (laughs) Nix. I just saw Bo Nix go into like. I thought for sure it was either going to be Ole Miss or UCF. I, I was thinking he was going to go to Ole Miss or something like that. I was really surprised that he went to Oregon. I mean, and we'll see how he does. I just don't have a lot of faith in him. I mean, he was ranked as, like a, as a top-tier five-star coming out of high school. And he has since just downgraded to a three-star. I don't know, dude. He's pretty good if he's having fun. I mean, if you look in the top 100 of transfers, he's like 60-something. <laughs> he's like 64. We signed a guy in the top 10. Do what now? We signed a guy in the top 10. LSU got a top ten transfer. Yeah, it was offensive lineman from Florida International. We uh, he's a freshman all I was kind of surprised we haven't brought in a single transfer, and I don't know yeah, if we're see how many are losing. You don't have that much space. 
Uh, that's true. We do have a packed roster right now. I mean, especially, I mean. Supposedly, Bama has 123 players? Yeah, I saw that. I don't understand. It's more of that gray shirt, blue shirt mess. You that 123 players? I mean, I guess you got a bunch of walk-ons. I don't know. I don't understand how. Because you only have 85 scholarships. Yeah, 123 players. That's a... Uh... 38 players now in scholarship. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Um, the thing Gibbs is, announced that he's going to Bama today. That one's, one's going to hurt, Jared. Just a heads up. That's not going to be fun. Say that again? Jameer Gibbs going to Bama. Uh, that's the kid from Georgia Tech. Yeah. That dude, yeah. Uh, he's lightning and bottle with the ball in his hands. Dude, I watched him play uh, at the Georgia Georgia Tech game, and for the life of me, all I I couldn't figure out why the quarterback and the running back. I'm like, why are these kids at Georgia Tech? LSU went hard after the running back, but it was too late. I don't know why he went to Georgia Tech of all places. I mean, I think he's from Georgia. I mean, he is, but go to Georgia. <laughs> we don't know if Georgia offered him. It probably took like eight other running backs that were all ranked higher than him in that class. Uh, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. Um, any other transfers you think of? I think we covered up most of the big ones. Uh, I know the quarterback did transfer from Georgia Tech. I don't know where he ended up, though. I feel like I saw one right before we started the show. Let me check Twitter real quick. Maybe it was the Jameer Gibb one. Mm, yeah, I don't know. All right, moving on. Uh, so this is a special Christmas edition of Jared is Hopeful for Raising Grand Pack. Corey just wants to tell everyone to just relax. Yep, it's another Kirby Smart year. Uh, another top three signing class as of December 20, 20, uh, 21st, 2021. Um, I mean, Kirby is a master recruiter. Uh He's 45. You know, I've had some time to just, like, chill out since the SEC championship game because I just feel like emotions are all that were coming through me on the last podcast. I was pretty pissed off because it just – which still, the things I said, I, I still believe. I just don't know what they were doing, and I'll talk about it in a second. But Kirby, uh, he had a presser a couple days ago, and he said that he's going to play the QB that gives him the best chance to win, which I can tell you right now, that's Stetson Bennett. That's the translation of that. JT Daniels is not an option. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> from all accounts that I've heard, though, you know Carson Beck is going to transfer. I don't know what he's waiting on, unless he just wants the opportunity to get a ring before he leaves, um, if that does happen. Um, apparently Brock Vandergriff is looking more and more like a big fish in a little pond. You know, he was, a went to a one or three, a school there in Athens, Georgia, local legend, five star. Apparently he is not playing well at all. So your options as it seems right now are Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels in case of an injury, but otherwise he's not voluntarily going in. So I, I don't know what that situation is or why. I think they can still do it. I, th I definitely think they can beat Michigan with Stetson Bennett. I don't know about Bama, but I think they can do it. And my reason for that is because Lewis Seen did a presser not long after our starting free safety. And he said he had no idea why they ran the defense that they ran in the SEC championship game as they had nothing to do with what we had done all year, which is exactly what I said and Anybody else who'd watched Georgia football all year, it, uh, it had nothing to do with any of the film they had watched of other teams and the way they set up and played to beat Bama. So him saying that, he, he brought up, he was just like, he felt confident that if they could beat Michigan, he felt better about their chances on facing Bama again just for the fact that they know they're going to go back and do what they had done all year, which was nothing what they did in that game. So why we chose to just play a totally different defense for one game? Nah, I have no idea. I don't know if that was a Dan Lanning had his foot out the door, so he just threw out a game plan because he's gone to Oregon. Uh, he's staying with the staff, which is a little odd, but he's only staying on as like a, a position coach or 
or, or whatever you want to call it, because the defensive coordinator position has been given to Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann as co-DCs. Um, and from what I understand, whatever Will Muschamp and Kirby played together back in the 90s at Georgia, they're best friends. Glenn Schumann, however, is a guy that cannot get away. He is a defensive mastermind and a great recruiter. He, I think, personally, Glenn Schumann probably has a lot more to do with Dan Lanning's success than Dan Lanning does. And it's not anything to do with Dan Lanning necessarily. He's just 35. He was probably, you know, he, he had great men around him and great players on the field. Um. I mean, I am thrilled to have Dan Lanning as a coach. I'm glad he is staying. I think the players love him. But, uh, you know, I wish him nothing but the best at Oregon. But I think Glenn Schumann is the key. Like, that guy cannot get away. That's the guy. Will Muschamp's a great defensive coordinator. And I'll give Kirby credit for this. The dude knows how to fill personnel. Like he knows how to get people that are great at what they do in position he realizes that guys are going to go on to be other coaches and he can either get them raises to stay or if it's a head coaching job he has somebody lined up right behind him he is fantastic at that he has shown it over and over again um my i'll just give some closing thoughts on the season like i said a little bit ago kirby's 45 there's is some stubbornness in him for one i you know it's part of who he is and i like who he is he's a great recruiter he's great with coaching personnel he he's got to let todd munkin run todd munkin's offense todd munkin is a 60 60 pass to 40 percent run kirby is career the the opposite and since and since he's come to Georgia, Munkin has been 60% run, 40% pass. And I think Kirby's just micromanaging the offensive, the offensive side of the ball too much. I think he just needs to let Munkin run it. Now, as far as whatever's going on with the QB, I'm not there on the team. I don't know. At this point, I feel like Stetson is our best bet. I don't know what's up with JT, but I don't think JT is going to come in. From what I understand, there's several players that – have kind of, they're all behind Stetson Bennett. Not so much with JT. I don't know what happened there. So if we just get back to doing what we're doing, I think Georgia will be fine. I, I do believe we're going to beat Michigan, but <clears throat> Kirby's going to have to get the QB position figured out and let the offense do its thing. I know we have all these great running backs, but we just need, <laughs> just let guys that know what they're doing on that side of the ball do what they do. Um, I'm pulling for Georgia. Uh, I think they're going to beat Michigan. It's going to be an awesome game. I look forward to it. And uh, it's been an absolute awesome year. And so I hope we can go out on a high note, but we'll see. And with that, Corey, if you got anything for me, I'll just turn it over to you. Uh, you know, man, I'm happy to you know, hear that you're Okay, I'm not going to lie to you, Jared. Last episode, you sounded real down in the dumps. Yeah, I was probably a little bit too negative. I, I was real upset. I try not to swear a whole lot on the podcast. I drop some F-bombs just freely. I texted Adam and Logan when you dropped the F-bomb. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I was not happy. I wasn't happy in the sense that I just felt like we gave Alabama that game. Like, it just didn't even feel like the same team in any capacity. Because like, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I um, kind of rag, you know, ragged on the players about effort, and you know, probably shouldn't have done that. It wasn't on the players; they were playing hard. They, they were playing, they were, and they were just out of position, especially on the defense side of the ball. They were just doing stuff they hadn't done all year. Yeah. And, and to hear Lewis Seen just come out and say, "He's like, I don't know what we were doing," like that was kind of. Yeah, I'm sure the coaches probably had to talk with him after that presser because he was a little bit too open. But at the same time, he's one of your defensive leaders. Like, he's telling it like it is. Like, we played this one defense all year until we played Bama, and then we just played something that not only did we not play, but 
any of the teams that gave Bama trouble. We didn't we didn't do that either. We just did something totally different. Got Georgia did that, man. Yeah. And definitely started some guys that ain't played all year, which I that was a little baffling to me too. That that was not an injury deal. We just played some guys and I still haven't heard a good excuse for that one. You may never, you may never will appear. I won't. I'm, I'm not even looking for it. I'm just. Uh, well, we're going to transition from the school that all the coaches are staying at to the school where there's like no one left in the coaching staff. Um, LSU fans, at this point, the only thing we can do is just chill out and be patient. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to get any real answers until probably after the bowl game. So just sit tight, guys. Um, one thing that does bother me, everybody's complaining about players leaving and coaches leaving and all this other stuff going on. But the same people that are saying the culture's broken, oh, ruined this place. It's smoldering ashes from what it used to be. Like, this is a full reset. No one, like, this is this is starting over from scratch. So you're going to have players leave. You're going to have coaches leave. It is what it is. You just got to look at the finished product when it's done. Um, lose, obviously losing Corey Raymond and Mickey Joseph sucks. They've been with LSU for a long time. But, I mean, let's be realistic. The wide rec- Every time we brought in a passing game coordinator, they always coach wide receivers. You know why? Because Mickey Joseph is not a very good wide receivers coach. Great recruiter, not a great wide receivers coach. Um, Raymond, I'm not going to badmouth Raymond. Love the guy, but coaches are going to move on. It's going to happen. Can't get too attached to these guys, especially position coaches. They change all the time. Yeah. Um, Kelly and really like five people were able to hold together the recruiting class that we did have in place. And they, I mean, you have a group of guys who are mostly Louisiana kids. I think we signed 13 and 11 are from Louisiana. And then Fitzgerald West showed up. Every player in Louisiana, he showed up to their signing day party. He was there for all of them, which is just fantastic. Um, we're behind the eight ball when it comes to NIL stuff. Uh, it sounds like Gordon McKernan and personal injury attorneys are getting involved, so that's fantastic. That's what we're known for, so might as well have one of those guys get ahead of it. Uh, but let's be real, Ed and Derek Kamansky did not know what they were doing with the NIL stuff. Couldn't pick two worst guys to run it. Um, we're going to hit the transfer portal hard. Our class is going to fill up, I'm pretty sure, by the end when it's all said and done. Um, we hired the son of a NFL Hall of Fame GM, uh, you know, Bill Polian. So, I mean, I think we're going to be just fine. I think he knows how to, you know, evaluate talent. Um, just be patient on the coaching hires, man. Uh, there's names out there. Just let it play out. I, you know, can't worry about it anymore. It's going to happen when it happens. Just a whole lot of just wait and see over here, Jared. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. I've been there. Uh, what do you think about the Todd Munkin story? I think there's probably some truth to it. He probably called to see. I mean, obviously, you know, he probably doesn't get to run the offense 100% how he wants. So, I mean, I don't hate making the call. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it kind of shows, like, for one, uh, whatever – Whatever Kirby did, Kirby did something because he turned down the offer. Apparently, that's what Munkin said on our end. So they, this is this is kind of what I think. This is a lot different than the coaching searches that we're used to as LSU fans, where Ed and Derek Kanansky were leaking everything to make it seem like they already had their guy, and then falling on their face and missing. I think Brian Kelly has literally he has a list of people he's interviewing. Those people, he has a pretty good idea who he wants to hire, but he's just going to vet everyone just to make sure he doesn't find something else. You know. I yeah. think he's got like there's no way we're this far into it and he doesn't have two pretty strong opinions on who he's gonna hire. I mean that's fair. I mean it also Brian Kelly is notorious for he's gonna get he's gonna get the right guys. Well and, and the thing is, so it's difficult because you still have a bowl game and we literally outside of the national championship have the last bowl game on the calendar. We play on January fourth. Yeah, that is super strange that the playoff games are happening. You have to like, still hold together some staff from the old coaching regime because you need to get through the bowl game. Yeah. And most of those guys probably aren't going to have jobs. That's why they, Mickey, Mickey Joseph and Corey Raymond left early because they knew they weren't coming back. 
they were like they knew that Brian Kelly was not going to retain them. Yeah, so they went and got new jobs. But I wanted Blake Baker to stay. Fortunately, it would appear that our new DC is probably going to be a linebackers coach. I would have loved for Blake Baker to stay. That one sucks. Um, Kevin Falk, he's a legend, man, but he hadn't really proved himself as a as a running backs coach. And Frank Wilson coaches running backs. So that's an easy switch. Yeah. There's still you got to you got to hold it together for the bowl game at the end of the day. I think I think Brian Kelly's going to put together a good staff. I think y'all are going to be fine. I mean, Brad maybe- Davis is a great offensive line coach. Um, yeah, his defensive back coach still leaves a little bit to be desired. But if he can somehow hold on to like Durante Jones and make him like just like a safeties coach, I wouldn't be opposed to that. So the two names I hear is Mike Denbrock, who is the Cincinnati office coordinator for office coordinator. And then Matt House, who is the linebackers coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, but used to be the defense coordinator at Kentucky. Those are the two names that seem hmm. to be the front runners. Well, I mean, it seems like uh, – I mean, it's just like you say. You're going to have to wait and see. You're not going to find out anything until the decision is made. We've and that's just about one coach who's in the playoffs and another coach is coaching in the NFL. Yeah. We have yeah, and, and and you've already said it. Like he's not that type of guy. He's gonna when the decision is made, then you'll know. You know, the people will know when he know what when it's done. So yeah, yeah I mean, there's no point. And and to be honest with you, just being at Georgia, like, I, like that's how that's how Rick did it, and that's how Kirby's done it thus far. Unless he has someone already waiting in the wings, like. Well, Ed's, Ed's problem is he always wanted to be first. Yeah, uh, that can, I mean, and it did, it blew up in his face a lot. I mean, and, lot. Then, and then some of the stuff where it was just like, yeah, I didn't actually vet the guy or interview the guy. I was just like, why? Why would you say that? Apparently, so this has become news over the last couple of days on Tiger Droppings. Apparently, Ed told Dave Randa to find a new job and switch it to the 4-3 no matter what. Boy, that's, that's wild. I mean. The balls. Hey, Whatever, man. I just, gone. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a storied time. Like you'll always remember when the when Ed was the coach of LSU and y'all won with probably one of the greatest teams of all time. The greatest. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm actually kind of bummed because I thought Georgia was going to legit be in that conversation just on a different side until they lost that game, and I was they like, go out and like just beat the shit out of Bama in the net and the playoff like rematch. I would include you on in the conversation personally. Uh, I think with losing that game, it pretty much takes us out. The greatest teams of all time don't have a blemish on their record. That's period. not true. 2007 LSU team lost two games. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't talk about that team as one of the greatest teams of all time. Maybe the one of the Shh. greatest. Matt like, Flynn, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real. Like, to me, one of the greatest teams of all time has no losses. No one touches them. LSU. 2019 LSU. There you go. Got it, Got it man. Um, all right, so, I mean, there's been bowl games. Full disclosure, I have not watched any of these bowl games so far. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I, I had my reception for me and my wife. We kind of spaced it out so family could come because, you know, COVID's still a thing that never seems to end. It just moves into some other crazy Greek name. We just go from Delta to Omicron and whatever's in between. <laughs> Omicron's not even in the Greek alphabet. Uh, I don't I even know. Where know. They come up this one. I think it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's not. I, I was in a fraternity, so I know that you got there. I don't know. Maybe I've just been pronouncing it wrong my whole life. Oh, it is. It's a Greek letter for O. I... Oh, yeah. Oh, and I didn't learn all this. I learned. I stopped that. <laughs> I just learned the top one. You just learned. You stopped at beta? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. So Toledo beats Middle Tennessee. Uh, so it starts far in Pickham. Adam is actually in the lead. Uh, yeah. Seven to four. Who Dan is also seven and four. Don't yes, Dan. that's my buddy Dan. Uh, my, you and me are tied at five and six, and Chubby Bunny holding it down in last at four and seven. My man, 
Logan, keeping it real. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. There's still 33 more games left. Yeah, yeah. There's still time. There's still time <laughs> to write this ship. But of course, Adam would come in and just dominate the worst games. It's early, dude. The early <laughs> games are. We the problem was you know what our problem was, Jared. We didn't pick enough upsets in the early games. I, well, I'll be honest with you. I, what is an upset in an early game? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Most of these were like 50-50, so there really was no like heavy favorite. Yeah, that that was the thing with me. Like I was just looking at some of these, and I'm like, I mean, I guess you could say UAB BYU. That was an upset. That was a pretty big upset. Uh, if UTEP would have beat Fresno State, but I mean, once you, I mean, Utah State beating Oregon State is kind of an upset, I guess. Uh, I mean, I did pick Oregon State. I just didn't me see too. that coming. Which ones have you getting right so far? Uh, let me look here. I got Coastal, Fresno State, Liberty, and ULL. Let's see here. Uh, the ones I've gotten right are Fresno State, Liberty, Utah State. I didn't pick Oregon. I flipped that one. Uh, ULL and Tulsa. I got Tulsa Red. And then currently the Meat Meeps are winning 14-7. to seven. So, you picked San Diego State? I did pick San Diego State. I picked the Fighting Brady Hopes. Yeah, I picked Kent State over Wyoming. And Kent State... Uh, oh, real quick. Did you know that Kent State has a kicker? And he transferred. I saw this today and just thought it was great. I wish, wish I'd have remembered it. Uh... <laughs> he has one of the greatest names I've ever heard. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, he done Slovis uh, transferred to Pitt. Oh, Slovis did. Slovis did. So there's another one I saw too. Also, who who signed a five star kicker? I saw that. Oh, so that, there's a separate. Uh, ratings list for kickers and uh, deep snappers now and punters. They have like their own like five star system. Okay, I saw that and I was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> what?" It's a relatively new thing. Oh man, I'm not gonna be able to find this. <laughs> That's just too bad. I don't even. It was something like Daniel Dropkick or something like that. Oh, dude. Or Longfoot. Oh, Jack Miller from uh, Ohio State is going to Florida. Really? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing it. Like transferred like from Wyoming, I believe. I don't know where it went. But, yeah. There's really not been a ton of huge name transfers. I wouldn't say that. Oh, there it is. Tucker Barefoot. My man. Transferred from Kent. Is that right? Yeah. Kent State, immediate eligibility to who knows where. Hope he goes to a big name school, though. Dude, I think there's been plenty of big name transfers. Uh, It's just not as... I think Twitter's once, is a huge name. Spencer Rattler's a huge name. Bo no, no, no. is a huge name. I know there's big names. Name. I'm Back just saying. I guess what I'm saying is I think once these bowls and the playoffs end, I think we're going to see. Oh, it's going to explode. Don't get me wrong. And maybe, maybe I'm saying that too because it hasn't hit home yet. Like, nothing. You're just waiting for the bad news. Luckily, as an LSU fan, I get consistently bad news. So it's just kind of part of life. Well, Georgia, Georgia's got their signing class. I mean, this is one of the weird things that happened, too. We signed 23 of our 26 commits. This first time it's ever happened. We have Jordan Dames, Darius Smith, and Dylan Bell waiting to sign. We have no transfers in, no transfers out, and I'm just scared. <laughs> I'm just waiting. Um, all right, man. You got anything else for this week? Um... Did you want to do this Sumbling Jimbo thing? Nah, we we just we'll talk. It's about just it we've just it's just lost this. We're just gonna keep teasing it for like forever. <laughs> We're just gonna mention it at the end. We don't have a uh, we don't have a random topic uh, for I didn't this have week. Time to look at it today. I'll be completely honest. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird being outside the season. I don't know how many more we've got left that we're going to do. We uh, may just we could always turn this into session talk. I haven't watched any more, but I can talk about the first episode. All right, so what happens in the first episode? It's been so long since I watched it. So I believe it's the eldest son thinks he's about to inherit the kingdom from his dad, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And, and his dad, at eighty years old, pulls a last second. <laughs> I'm giving the whole company and half and double the voting rights to my wife and just pulls a rug out from everyone. You have the guy from Ferris Bueller's day off, uh, who's just like totally checked out. Dude, Connor, love Connor. Yeah. Connor doesn't care about anything. And then you have the other kids who are like, they're, they're playing the game, but they're not playing the game is how it looks at the beginning. Roman's in episode one. Who? Roman, the youngest son. Yeah, uh, yeah, Macaulay Culkin's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, has, was Greg in the first episode? Uh, who's Greg? Really tall, skinny kid. Yes, the goofy kid yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. threw up in his Greg, mask. Greg the egg. Yeah, what, the, what is the deal with that guy? He just seems to have just shown up at the perfect time. <laughs> I'm telling you, Greg's going to be one of your favorite characters. I mean, he already is, just because his whole point in life is he just wants to get back Dude, into the I, leadership I mean, program. Season three, Greg's probably going to be your favorite character. Does <laughs> he just turn into a total badass? I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> I can't see that happening. Uh, but you're in for a wild ride. But yeah, the uh, the father uh, had a stroke. Yeah. That, that's where it left it. So I don't know if he, he dies or what, but uh, I will have to say this. Roman, uh, he told the like one of the groundskeeper's kids, that if he had a home run, he'd give him a million dollars. And he came up just shy, got tagged out on third. So he takes out a million dollars uh, check and just rips it up in front of him. I just immediately hate that guy. I was just like, what a piece of he's shit. A, as far as like characters go, he's a pretty terrible human being. Yeah, he is. Like It made me hate him in real life, which is not fair to the actor. He does <laughs> such a good job as coming off as just like that. Weasley asshole kid. Yeah, he's the type of person, like, honestly, though, if he was stuck in a car crash and survived the initial wreck, but the car burst into flames, I wouldn't pull him out. I'd just go ahead and let it happen. Jesus, Jared, that's dark. <laughs> yeah, the world doesn't need people like him. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, that was my immediate thought when I saw him, too. I told my wife that. She said the same thing. She's like, that's dark. <laughs> that's, that's out there, man. Well, all right. So that, I mean, we're about an hour, so that kind of wraps it up. Um, when are we doing the next episode? Well, um, do you want to do? I mean, I guess we could do next week, or do you just want to wait and do one at the beginning of the year? Let's we'll play it by year. Well, let's kind of see how the weekend goes, and then we'll decide. If we do it next Tuesday, the twenty eighth, that'll be right before all the bowl games, like the. Playoff games kick off, so we right. could do we could do a playoff. Okay, I'm to do one next week then. Okay, yeah. and then we'll we'll have to do one after as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably so when's the national championship? The uh, tenth, eighth. Is it the eighth? I think you're right. I think it is. So we can do one on like the fifth, because that'll be okay. after LSU plays, but before Georgia plays. If Georgia like, makes it to the Natty, allegedly. Yeah. We're just assuming it's going to be a Georgia-Bama rematch, but it could be... Uh, no, I pick Cincy. It could, it could be a Michigan-Cincy. It could be a Michigan-Cincy game. Which, boy, how wild would that be? That'd probably that be the least watched national championship ever. Okay, it might be, but it also might just be the K that's just topper on the most insane the best, season of all time. The best result for college football is Michigan versus Cincinnati, preferably Cincinnati winning. Oh, it, yeah, I mean, if Cincinnati makes it and uh, Georgia's not in it, I'm rooting for Cincy all day long. And not because I have some hate for Michigan. I actually like Michigan. And if they play Bama, I want Michigan to win. But I, I just, I don't know, man. It's the underdog, you know. Cincy has no business being where they're at. So if they manage to win, by all means, I'm rooting for them. Dude, ABB, anybody but Bama. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week so we'll be back next week Um, we're going to go play some Halo yes we are 
uh, Adam Short. And, uh, As we'll is. All right. Go dogs. Uh, go Tigers. <laughs>